Welcome to the Boss Hijabipreneur podcast for women of faith and business looking to take their careers or businesses to the next level without compromising their faith. If you're ready to begin taking action on your entrepreneurship goals, learn tips, tools, and strategies to execute consistently and manifest the life of your dreams, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Halima de Oliveira, business strategist, three-time author, using the fusion of faith and finances to lead female-led e-commerce brands to six- and seven-figure revenue targets annually. Ready? Let's work. Tune in to today's episode, Already in Progress. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the Boss Hijabipreneur podcast. This is episode 65, Why We Need to Fund Her Future with Hakima Cummings. So on this episode, um, we will talk about the importance of women's education and answer the question, why is female religious and academic scholarship important? In Islam, education is paramount. Knowledge is a prerequisite to the acts of ibadah or worship. It helps us to comprehend the present. The first word revealed of the Quran was ikra, which means read. The command made no distinction between males and female believers in this regard. There is also an important quote by Ibn Taymiyyah. Women are one half of society which gives birth to, aka raises, the other half. So it is as if they are the entire society. If we want to preserve our religion, education, culture for future generations to benefit and grow from, we must support, empower, and provide resources to this segment of our population. So without further ado, assalamu alaikum and welcome to our sister Hakima Cummings. So happy to have you here. How are you, darling? Wa alaikum salam rahmatullahi barakatuh. I'm doing very well. I'm so, so happy to be here to talk with you. I'm one of your biggest fans. I love you, Halima, and I'm I'm just honored to even be here with you talking with the the fellow Bas Hijabi Society members. <laughs> oh, mashallah. I love you. So the feeling <laughs> is um, absolutely um, mutual. So you are getting a bunch of salams uh, in the um, audience uh, here. So I'm just going to share so that uh, with you. Um, so, you know, Please tell our audience more about you and the work that you do. Um, and why is Muslim women's education so important to you? Well, okay. So um, my name is Hakima Cummings. Um, Hakima CMB is like my, my Instagram, Facebook name. Um, so what I do is that I'm a modest fashion stylist. So I serve as a bridge between those women who are providing modest fashion or those brands that are providing modest fashion and then those who are actually wearing it. So by styling, presenting it, marketing, um, I, I do a whole bunch of that type of thing, fashion shows, photo shoots, um, and on Instagram as an influencer as well. And um, this concept of female education is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, given my own personal story with my educational journey, um, but also due to the fact that I work for a nonprofit called A Continuous Charity. And that's really where this Fund Her Future um, program really came out from. Um, but it, it's really been, as, as with anyone who's like pursuing their academics with a, a level of motivation and ambition, um, education becomes, you know, something that's very near and dear. And for me personally, um, I pursued a, an education as a, as a physician, actually. So I wanted to be a doctor 
from like second grade all the way up until I actually did get into medical school. And um, I went to the University of Chicago, pretty challenging um, undergrad. I got my master's degree. So I come from um, a, a mother and a father who always encouraged us, girls and boys. Um, there's nine, there's 10 of us. I have nine siblings, six girls, four boys. And we all, you know, pursued our education with the encouragement of our parents. My parents are immigrants from Central America in Belize. And it's that immigrant story where, you know, they were establishing their family and wanted to come to America to, you know, give better opportunities to the children. And I was the first American born here and the first one to get into medical school in my family. But then I actually didn't go and thus the career change to what I do now. Um, but that career change wasn't necessarily something that I expected. I expected that I would have been a physician by now. And, and that's because of, um, you know, of, of financially not being able to afford it um, in a halal way. And so um, I became very, very passionate about female education, about minorities education. Um, and it, it's something that, you know, it speaks to my life story, but it also um, became something that I could actually have a platform for, given the fact that I am an influencer um, and that I work for um, ACC, and they have a women's empowerment program. It's called Fund Her Future. A part of it is called Fund Her Future. And um, it really gives me an opportunity to see things differently for the next generation of Muslim American people coming up in, um, in America, um, uh, pursuing higher education, pursuing education that is very difficult to afford without interest-bearing loans. Um, and so um, I just see, I see this as a small way, um, but an impactful way of, um, of, of really enacting that passion that's inside of me where I don't want anyone to feel the way that I felt when I had to give up my medical career. And now, alhamdulillah, I can be a part of making that change, inshallah. Mashallah, so beautiful. Um, I'm gonna tell you uh, in a roundabout way, I'm gonna respond to you. So one of the beautiful things about this platform is the sharing of stories between us women and how beautiful the story that you have and how Allah is using you. So, you know, something that I couldn't pursue for myself, but I can help someone else um, do it. Um, to me, like there's no better, um, you know, showcase of what Islam is about than what you just said. So may Allah reward you immensely for the sacrifice that you made, you know, previously, that now, um, you know, through your platform is helping someone else through the, um, you know, a continuous uh, charity. And just so beautiful, you know, I was a part of it last year, inshallah, I'll be a part of it um, this year. I too, um, you know, uh, believe in, you know, the education for women and, you know, to the same degree as you, Hakima, but also to where, you know, witnessing, you know, what the lack of education um, can, you know, just the avenue that a woman can go down with the lack of, of education, both from an academic um, standpoint and a religious um, standpoint. So Jazakallah Khair for sharing your story and for doing um, the work that you do. And so, you know, when I come across your platform, a post, a video, I'm always inspired um, and I'm always inspired to act right? Even if it's a reel. So we know, you know, the reels are, you know, they're about fun and yeah. you know, having fun. 
Yeah. But I think that your message and, and, and everything that you're talking about comes across even through the reels. And so I love coming across um, your um, platform. So when I see your platform, I see passion, uh, fashion. I see empowerment for women, um, you know, both Muslim and Black and, you know, uh, Latino. So you talk about your, um, you know, Central American uh, roots. So I love that. Um, and then the promotion of education for women. I think that's interwoven throughout everything um, that you um, do, even with the fashion, right? There's an educational um, element that's interwoven as well. I see family as well. So what do you say to the person who feels like they can't be multi-passionate um, or the person who feels they are in the fashion industry and they can't be political or outspoken on community and societal mm -hmm. issues? You know, it, I, I find it to be relatively easy to do those things. I find it easy to, to showcase the different parts of me, but I understand how it can be hard for people, you know, to um, maybe start off as a small business owner and, you know, say you're selling a product and you don't necessarily think that this is a place where you can be vocal about what you're passionate about in other respects. And you want to focus on your product or you want to fo focus on, you know, what seems to be germane to the subject. But as a multifaceted person, I think we all come from so many different stories. We come from so many different, um, um, you know, journeys. We don't, none of us, whether you are a minority, whether you are a black woman, whether you wear hijab or you have, I mean, a lot of us have a lot of, a lot of layers to peel back. And so it feels good to share those things and to, to to explain your perspective on things. But even if you even if you're not any of, of those things, you have a lot to give to the world. And I think that when you hold back from from using your voice to to make people laugh, to make people um, move, like you said, that you when you see my content, you're and you you feel like there's action that that should be had. And I feel like that is that is such a that is very humbling. It's, it's, it's very, I, I feel very great. I have so much gratitude <laughs> that I have the ability to, to do that. But that's because I became vulnerable enough to say, Hey, like, here are my outfits, but then here's my heart as well. Like, here's what I, what I want for my daughters. Here's what I want for students who, you know, might be in my same position, but here's change for them. Um, and it comes through expressing yourself. So um, although I find it easy, some people might not find it so easy, but there's, there's so much value in everything that you are. There's so much value. And when you put it out there and it resonates with someone, that's when you know that you're not alone. That's when you know that, that actually when you, when you have something to say, someone is actually listening. And then they're listening to the point that they can actually change or that they can actually join you. Um, when I started with ACC and I was looking into my community that I, <clears throat> um, that, that was kind of, that was growing over the past eight years or so that I've been on, on Instagram. Um, and it's still a very small community. Um, but now I'm looking into my community for people who want to join me with funding her future, um, with uh, interest-free loans for Black students for, with our educational justice program. Um, for people who want to help me raise funds for these for this organization, and I, I I saw that this was a way that things could pivot, that there could be extra layers that I'm being vulnerable about. That hey, I need your help, um, but then also 
are people going to listen to me? Are they going to actually join in? Are, are they going to be vulnerable? Are they going to share their stories? And surprisingly, but also not shockingly, so many people, so many women joined my team. And Halima, you're one of them. And there's been so many. And every time we do another campaign, whether it's Fund Her Future or Educational Justice or something, and I'm looking into my community and saying, hey, sisters, join me by raising money. Join me by posting. Join me by getting creative, having a live, talking about things together. Share your story so that people get you know, galvanized to change. Um, so many more sisters join in. And that's because there's there's a safe space that's created where you are being encouraged to share multiple things about yourself because there's a value in that um, and there's community building in that. And that's how we all end up empowering each other because if we're all together saying, you know, I'm just gonna do this and that's all I can do or that's all I have the capacity to do, you know, it, it's very, it's limiting, it's limiting. So I would encourage anyone out there that you know, if you have something that you want to share with the world, go ahead and share it. Just start start with one post, start with one blog post, start with a caption. And then when that lands on the ears that it's supposed to land on and someone gives you that feedback, hey, sis, I really loved what you what you had to say. You really inspired me. I showed this to my 10 year old daughter and she said, wow, this was really empowering. I want to be like that girl. Um, that, that even one person changing or one person becoming more vulnerable, or one person impacted, um, even some people who are, who are not gonna tell you that they were impacted. There's people that are impacted by everything you have to, to share. So, um, so just find that courage and, and step one step at a time and you never know what kind of you know, things you can do in the world, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah so beautiful um and what i love that you just said and i just want to touch on is that vulnerability i think that as women as you know women of color uh, we think that we have to have the wonder woman cape on mm -hmm. at all times and we think that you know being vulnerable means that you know we're weak and i and you know some years back probably about a decade back i had a team member tell me that you're such a perfectionist and you're so robotic, Halima, that it's hard for us to aspire to even be in your shoes. Um, mm. It would, it, it, you know, uh, I had a team meeting, I had a team of 30 people and, you know, I was vulnerable that day and I talked about, hey, I'm not going to, you know, promote myself. I've been offered money to leave this team, but I don't feel that I've served this team fully. And so I'm going to put my promotion on hold um, so that you have what it is that you need and that you're able to move up as leaders. And it wasn't until that day that I understood vulnerability. So I appreciate you so much uh, for sharing that because it is in being being vulnerable that uh, you know we create that sense of community, like you said, and it allows us to come together. One thing I also love about your page is yes, it's 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 the Hakima CMB show on your page, but uh, you include you bring other women um, along with you. So again, may Allah continue uh, to bless you, uh, you know, with that voice, with that capacity, with that ability to be able to bring, um, you know, women together towards good. And, you know, we, we in Islam, it talks about that too. You know, uh, okay, I'm doing something good. You know, we talk about charity and it's like, oh, hide the charity that you're doing, hide it. But you're full, you know, frontal. There's actually a, like a, a story behind it. I can't remember the story, so I'm not going to mess it up. But it just talks about, hey, you know, showing up and showing that you are giving charity, not to boast and brag, 
but to inspire, you mm-hmm. know, some other people that may be watching you to do the same. And you just mm-hmm. talked about that. So I love that. Um, our brother, um, Isha, Isa is in the building. It's always a good show when our brother Isha, Isa um, joins us. So salam alaikum, um, brother. So glad to um, have you on. So, um, you know, one of the things that I want to ask and, you know, just talking about uplifting and empowering and providing resources is, can you give us three tips on how you organize all your different projects and roles, you know, and, and then how do you decide whether you work with a particular business, company, organization, or individual? Mm-hmm. Okay, but before I, before I answer that question, I also wanted to touch on um, the vulnerability part as well. Because one of the things that drew me towards you, Halima, was the fact that you shared um, kind of your journey as well. And and I'm a person who's always loved storytelling. Like there's a podcast called The Moth that I would listen to like for years. And it's just people getting on stage, telling their story without any notes. Um, And they just, you know, they recorded, put it on a podcast. And I remember seeing you at a fashion show at... um, at Howard University. And I remember how much you had such stage presence and you commanded, you had an energy about you. And I was like, wow, I'm really like drawn to this woman. And then I um, I listened to you talk about your story of, um, of, of how you came back to hijab and how, and your stage play and not without my hijab and, and how, um, you know, after losing religion for, for so long, you came back to it and that you would never move on in your life with anything that you do without your hijab, without your identity, without fully embracing the Muslim part of you. And that to me was like, it was the moment when I felt like I, my heart connected with yours. Um, and um, and I really wanna thank you for telling that story as well. Um, but also um, to answer the question you asked me, um, some tips on, on um, sorry, what was the question you tips on? <laughs> Tips on how to, how do you stay organized and then how do you choose who you work with? Okay. So staying organized, honestly, to be, to be very, very honest, I'm, I'm not the best organized person, to be honest. I use my phone a lot. I don't necessarily, um, I'm not like a, a calendar person who has everything like visually up, but I use my email. I use Google Docs and I use, um, the actual Instagram app to organize things. Um, because of the save feature. I do a lot of saving and categorizing things into my phone um, so that, you know, for example, I wrote, I write for um, the Hot Hijab blog and writing for that blog, I have to kind of see what trends are out there and then organize them into, okay, this is winter trends. These are color palettes that people are wearing these days. These are different hijab styles people are wearing these days. And I have to um, organize them in order to create content on that. And so I use the Instagram save feature to do a lot of that. Um, and then I use my Google Calendar heavily because everything's just in my phone. If I have an idea, I write that down. I give myself an alert that, oh my gosh, I have to pursue that. Um, I save off audio for these reels on TikTok and, and Instagram, just so that, you know, if, if I see something I and, and I'm trying to remember it later, I don't have like nothing to go on. I, I can go back to what I saved. Um, so I would say save things off in the app that you find the content on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, use your Google calendar because then you can access it from your laptop, from your phone. Um, And then also, um, yeah, just like syncing all of those things together. My Google is in my laptop, is in my phone um, and and not 
kind of missing anything because things are, you know, you, it's kind of like putting a pin in it. Um, as for like physical journals and physical calendars, I know that those are really good tools to have and tools to use. And I start them off and I don't have the patience with them to write things down. But I find that just using my phone heavily, the note feature in my phone is, uh, is something that keeps me organized. Now, um, you know, just really quickly, and that is that, you know, she talked about a lot, right? So she gave us some amazing tips. You know, one of the things on the podcast is that the women come on and they share their tips. And so I want you to make sure that when you're listening, whether you watch this live or you listen a little bit later, that you're writing these tips down. This is actually the way we, you know, get things done. If you go over to Hakima's page, I'm always in awe because I'm always like, man, how does she get all of this done? But I will attest to that same feature on Instagram. Um, I do it with the audio uh, for reels. I even record reels. So anytime I get my makeup done or I change an outfit, oh, we're recording a reel or two or three, you know, um, and just uh, saving it. And, you know, it could be months down the line before I use a piece of content, um, you know, that I um, created. I'm sure um, Hakima can give us more tips on that. Yeah, so I definitely do. Um... Like today, because I got ready, I'm like, okay, well, today is a content creation kind of day because um, there's no way I'm going to miss out on, you know, already being ready. So then I kind of create some ideas together, especially my kids are here. So we might get, you know, the kids on a reel or, um, or something like that. Um, and then, you know, one thing that with, with having children, so I have a six-year-old and I have a five-year-old and sometimes with having children, it can be very, um, interrupting of your daily schedule, you know, and I actually homeschooled my children last year um, because of, you know, the, the pandemic and this year is their first year going to school. And I find that subhanAllah, it really opens up the day and I'm able to actually achieve things um, during school hours. Um, but one thing that I used to do while they were still with me was definitely maximize the time that I have before they wake up and after they go to bed, because my time, um, of going to bed was always later than theirs. And then I would actually wake up sometimes at 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m., um, especially when they were waking up at like six or something. It gives me like an extra hour, hour and a half. And alhamdulillah, now they wake up a little bit later, especially on the weekends. Um, but I still wake up early. A lot of times I don't go to sleep after Fajr, especially when the days are short and Fajr is a little bit later. Um, because I'm, and my body is just really used to it now. And, and even if it's just me on my phone, and, and I, will, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to put my phone away because my phone is distracting. And, and yes, like, don't, don't become addicted to your phone. But if I'm on my phone, I, I consider myself doing some kind of work. Um, I'm looking at the world of hijab fashion or modest fashion. I'm seeing who's out there who could potentially be a part of my ACC team, but then also who can I support? Because when you put support out there, um, you might get support back, right? It's, it becomes a mutual thing. So you can't just expect to go onto your platform and ask for support or put up a piece of content and expect that, you know, you're going to get those likes or you're going to get that engagement when um, you don't also engage with other people. So I spend my time uh, responding to my messages. I spend my time responding to, to comments and things like that because it's important. Um, people are there to support you. And so they want to get that feedback. And I don't see myself above 
rep responding to anyone. Um, I I regularly respond to to everything on my phone, and so um, uh, I think that's really important in terms of time management. You might not get that time when your kids are in front of your face to have your phone or your laptop with you because a lot of times they're like they're just distracting you. They might even take the phone away from you. <laughs> but once you're by yourself, you get those precious moments while they're in nap time or ba after bed or before bed before um, they wake up. For you to have one-on-one -on -one time with your with your whatever it is your business your platform whatever it is now as for tips or or how do i choose who i'm going to work with i typically ever since i started um even before i came onto instagram which is now about like 10 years that i've had cmb by hakima or now it's cmb styling um i focus on small businesses owned by muslim women that has been i would say more than 90% of the people who I've worked with over over time, even 95%. Um, there's only been a few times that I worked with small with uh, with larger companies um, like Tom's. I worked with Tom's and Vince Camuto, like some shoe companies. Um, but I, I I typically don't uh, I don't pursue working with those large corporations just because they're not necessarily um, aligned sometimes with the values that I that I align with. And I know that Muslim women are out there needing someone to promote their products, someone to wear their dresses, someone to style their hijabs or show their lifestyle products or their home, good, home goods or decor. And, um, and a lot of times when people do get a larger platform, they end up forgetting the small businesses and they're inaccessible. Um, and I and I and I don't want to to become that way. And I have no no right to become that way. Anyway, it's not like I have a huge uh, platform, but I have a, I have a platform that's big enough that some people might think, you know what, start working with the, like you know only the big brands. And and I I find that it it grounds me. It keeps me connected to the sisters who I would see at the masjid, sisters that I actually live and breathe with. You know, instead of you know just kind of saying you know I I I only work with you know, the big guys, um, I find that it's, it's, it brings a lot of meaning to what I do. So when I put up content and I'm wearing something that my sister, you know, is trying to establish for herself or I'm, I'm, I'm promoting something that is meaningful. She's, she's feeding her children with this, or she's building an empire with this. Um, it, it, it makes that it's a sort of ibadah for me. It's a, it's a part of sisterhood. If I'm um, ignoring the small brands and I'm myself a small brand, then then you know it, it's not an enriching experience for me anymore. So um, alhamdulillah, I've been able to do that um, for most of my career. And and as for the large uh, larger brands and like corporations that I've worked with, with um, there's been times when I've had to say no, I can't do this deal, even though the deal is there and the money is there. I've said you know I've had I have to turn this away because this brand um, supports the occupation of Palestine, for example. I I wouldn't be able to you know, align my brand, which is all about a modest lifestyle as a Muslim covered woman, I identify proudly as an unapologetic Muslim. And then, you know, for for a check, I'm over here promoting a brand that is known to be um, misaligned with the Islamic values. And so um, I find that easy. I find that very easy to say, you know what, no matter what, because at the end of the day, the akhirah is really what we're living for. No matter if you're on Instagram and you're you're making people laugh and you're doing all this stuff and you're 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 flexing a little bit, you know, on the on the gram. At the end of the day, like there's a there's an intention behind things. And and when you start to lose that intention, that's when the content changes. You might change and 
you might see yourself five years later as a different person than who you thought you were going to be. And so um, I really try to work for people who I see myself in, uh, Black-owned businesses, Muslim-owned businesses, women-owned businesses. And um, and that, to me, keeps like the purity of, of what I do, alhamdulillah. Um, yeah, and then that that's that's my that's my biggest deciding factor. Like, are are you? Do I see myself in who you what you represent, or are you misaligned? And if you're misaligned, then then we we can't work with each other. Mashallah, so 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 um, important, um, you know. And I talk a lot about this, you know, being in alignment um, with everyone, you know. So being in line when there's a paycheck involved, and even when there's not. Um, you know, a paycheck involved, just being in alignment with those um, people and also understanding that your risk comes from Allah. I think it was two episodes ago, we talked a lot about the risk. We talked about, you know, that it's a law that provides it. And so when you know that, um, mm -hmm. you don't fear, hey, I've got to turn down this five-figure or six-figure deal uh, here uh, because you know that Allah is going to um, recompense you in some, in a different way. It could be that another there's another check or a bigger check down the line, or in the Akhira, uh, you know, you just put a, a few bricks on that mansion, uh, yes. you know, that you're building in Jannah. I mean, I mean, I mean, listen. So um, with that being said, and we're talking about support, so now, mm -hmm. how can the Boss Hijabi Society audience support you. So do you have uh, any upcoming projects that are coming up? How do they connect uh, with you on social media, your website, all that good stuff? Oh, awesome. So I actually do have a really great uh, first time I've ever done this and first time I've actually ever seen anybody do this online, which is to provide a hijab styling course. And, and it's something that I thought of ever since like the pandemic hit and there was a lot of pivoting. People were talking about pivoting, like go from what you were going to do in person and do it online. And I'm like, okay, e-styling. And I started doing e-styling, but somehow it didn't really align with, um, I, I wasn't able to actually achieve the styling that I would have wanted to without actually having a model or a person in, 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 um, in, in, in person with me. And so um, I was thinking, okay, what what is my what is my expertise? You know, what is really like the core of my expertise, and and what really um, do I think that women need above any other styling? Like, you know, maybe for a wedding, you might seem, need someone to help you, or you you need a, bri a bridal styling, and that's that's perfectly fine. But what about the everyday? What do people need help with? And so I wanted to do a hijab styling course, and then. Um, Again, it took a lot of refining because I wanted to, again, get to the essence, to the core, to the people who actually would need this. Because there's so many people who have their hijab, they're comfortable with their hijab, they're wearing different colors, they wear different styles, they know about the undercaps, they know how to take care of their hair underneath their hijab. Everything's good. And so then that's not necessarily my student. My student is someone who wants to learn, someone who is uncomfortable with their hijab, but really wants to get comfortable with it. They're new to hijab. They are um, new to Islam. And so hijab is just not only like a Muslim who hasn't worn hijab to this point, And so it's uncomfortable for them, but they want to take that step. But imagine, you know, you're a whole new Muslim. The whole lifestyle is, is new for you. And hijab is just another part of it. So I feel like that really is like is my student. The person who is new to Islam is new to hijab um, or has been wearing hijab for most of their life and um, is uncomfortable with it. Still, you know, um, I've seen so many women 
who, you know, they're like, wow, I didn't even know that there's these new things out there to accommodate us. And how do you wear these things? And, and like, and what are the features of these different hijab fabrics and undercaps and, and different pins and all those things? Um, so a, a, a hijabi who needs an, a refresh and so that she can become so comfortable with her hijab that she just feels so beautiful with it. Um, and, and so I, I finally launched my course and um, it's called Hijab Styling 101 with Hakima. And the ideal student again are, is a new hijabi, a new Muslim, a new, a returning hijabi as well. And I felt like that, including that in my ideal um, student was very important to me because so many times we take a woman who has taken off her hijab and we say, we're done with you. Um, and and that is that is so that is so horrible of us to think. Um, it it really depends on 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 who you want to surround yourself around, especially with your social media presence and all of that. You can unfollow and and follow whoever you'd like, but but as a woman, like who's there to really help that woman to return back? Um, and sometimes when you're returning back, it's it's an overwhelming experience as well. So I really wanted to add that in as a returning hijabi. Here's a first step back into hijab. Um, and so there's a box called the CMB style box, and it has so many hijabs and accessories and pins and all different types of things in there um, that each student will get as a part of the course. Um, uh, and the course is a four week course. We go live, we, we get into that box, we do styling, but we also learn about hijab itself and, and how it should be worn and, and, and what Islam has to say about hijab and, and the woman and the woman herself um, and the identity of the hijab, but also getting into like the fun prints and colors and all those things, because when you're actually wearing it, the intention might be there inside of you that inshallah, you know, you're wearing this for the ajr from Allah and you're wearing this for your akhirah, but, but is it itchy? Like, is it, is it itchy? <laughs> is, it, is it working with your face? Is the color working with your face? Are you, are you experimenting with prints? Maybe that will make you feel better in it. And so that comfort, I feel like it brings the longevity of the hijab because when you're wearing it for Allah, like, you know, may Allah, you know, really bless you with that. But if you're only wearing it for so long because it became so uncomfortable and you didn't see yourself anymore in it, you lost yourself in your hijab and, and now you don't feel beautiful. You don't feel empowered by it because it's uncomfortable. And so, um, and it's overwhelming to open your phone and see all of these women, you know, bossed up with their hijabs on. And you're just like, well, I'm not them. Well, you can be. And this could be your first step towards um, becoming more comfortable with your hijab. So that's my course. Um, it actually starts January 23rd. So I'm in like the recruitment phase right now. We have, it's, it's a small group as well, 20 students only, because I didn't want it to be something where people buy the course and then they, you know, they get access to the pre-recorded videos and all of that. And then they just kind of like, oh, I bought it, but I didn't actually finish the course. I want it to be something where I'm there with 20 people on Zoom or Facebook Live. And we're really talking about these things. We're having fun. We're building community. Because one of the things I mentioned in one of the videos that I, I put up is that you might find the woman in this course that is your like hijab buddy. Like she's your best friend. Um, she's the one who you started off your journey with or you restarted your journey with. And um, and she's the one who's really built you up um, ever since, you know, maybe five years down the line, you and that girl from the hijab, style, hijab styling course are besties, you know, and I feel like that's really what I want. I want an intimate group. I want a safe space so that people can be vulnerable again about their hijab story and where they want to be and where they're at, um, because I feel like too many times online we see that how someone wears hijab or whether they wear their hijab is a determining factor as to whether or not we're going to support that woman or 
for some people, bully that woman. And um, there's too much of that. There's too much of that. And I feel like there's not enough safe safety around hijab in general. And so I wanted to create that safe space, alhamdulillah. So we have, I only have six spaces left of the 20. So I'm really excited about that. Like my first time and it's almost going to sell out. So um, you can find that on cmbstyling.com. That's my website. And the course is being sold on that on the website as well. You can see a video of what's inside that box, um, which is like the feature of the course. It's like, it's a really good box. Um, and um, alhamdulillah, it, it's there on my website, cmbstyling.com. And you can click um, Hijab Styling 101. Listen, sis, may Allah grant you tawfiq. When I saw that, I was like, I've got to have you on. And <laughs> I want to see you, you know, talk about it. So you will know, um, because of my journey, you talked about not without my hijab earlier. This is near and dear to my heart. And, you know, I will tell you, I, I can attest to everything that you said as a woman returning to hijab. So I'm, I was one of those women. Um, it was actually uh, a woman who she's my best friend. She, we've been best friends since two years old. Um, um, and it was her um, not judging me um, that I went away from Islam and that I went away from wearing hijab. Her not judging me and her continuing to post things about Ramadan or send me something Islamic that helped me to come back. Um, because I didn't feel that judgment and yeah. I didn't feel like, you know, uh, she was judging me. And so her, she was important and her mother, right? So her mother um, was the other person, always reminded me of Allah, but not in a way that was judgmental, not in a way that was condescending. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how much that meant while I was away and how much that helped me um, to return. Even the masjid that, um, you know, I went to when I first started back practicing, had the same uh, concept. It wasn't this judgy place. And so every Juma I showed up and stood, you know, prayed in the front row. Um, and I and I just felt like I was home. And mm. so, you know, just listening to you explain from the course, the light um, and just the just the warmth and the passion, I can feel it as you're talking about it. And so I pray that these women benefit from it. And the thing that we have in common is, you know, a course that I put out or a program that I'm not just doing it for the money. I'm doing it so that you get the full um, benefit of it, you know, inshallah. And so I like that the classes are small. small. You heard it here first, six. Um, listen, this will be um, live on Facebook and YouTube. Um, so make sure you get to that last um, six. Make sure you head over to um, Hakima's site. If you're on Instagram, click the link in her bio and go sign up ASAP because they'll yes. be gone. Um, this yeah. sounds so um, beautiful. May Allah grant you feet and may you continue. Amen. I pray that you continue to get sponsorships and all that good kind of stuff um, to support you. You can count me in. So let me know how I can help. Um, in oh, some wow. way for future, uh, you know, courses. But you already know. You had me at hijab styling one on one. I was like, well, hello, hello. Thank you so much, mashallah. You know that it's it's been really beautiful because when I first put up the course, um, I know that there's a price tag to it. There has to be a price tag to it because this is a business, you know. Um, and I wish that, you know, maybe I was at a place where I can do so many things for free, but I, I, I honestly cannot. <laughs> um, but that price tag was actually the biggest inspiration for some women to go and sponsor. And the, and I'm telling you seven of those, of these spots that have been taken of the 20 have been sponsored, um, spots from a sister who said, you know what, I'm not your student because like, I'm good with my hijab, but there's someone out there who needs this course. Um, and cannot afford it. 
So here's money for anybody, not even someone that they know, just a sister out there that needs this course. Here's money for that spot. And then I'm like, okay, this is this is interesting. And so I post them saying, hey, someone is is a beautiful soul and paid for this, even though it's not for them. It's for someone else. And so then we had the first I had the first person say, hey, you know, I'll I'll take that that spot. Like I really want this and and I couldn't. And so that barrier right there was was dissipated. And when I posted that someone was sponsoring, another person replied and said, I'll sponsor. And then from that, it was a it was a oh my God, it was it actually gives me chills right now as I speak. The amount of graciousness that is out there, how much how much generosity and how much sisterhood just posting. Again, what did we say? If you have something, put it out there. Because I didn't know that. I thought maybe, you know what? If it's even five people of the 20, I'm going to have my course. Because this is this is my my starting point. But little did I know that it would be, you know, an avenue towards people giving charity and 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 being sisterly towards someone who they don't even know. It's beautiful. It was really beautiful. So, I want to thank you for for also, you know, being a part of helping this process as well, mashallah, tabarakallah. Listen, Ofeek, I mean, period, <laughs> period. And, you know, when the intention is there, Allah blesses it. And Allah blesses it, he blows your mind. Yes. You know, I'm in awe, there's always in awe of what Allah does. And may Allah just bless this all around, bless all the people that come and go, um, inshallah, through this. And I just think about, you know, someone putting on their hijab, right? So it may seem like a small thing, right? But imagine, um, you know, the things that they may come to do as a result of that one act. Mm -hmm. Girl, may it tip the scale in your favor. <laughs> I mean, I listen, okay? So I love that. So you know, on the Bossy Javi for Noor podcast, we talk about faith, we talk about business, we talk about all of that, but faith is at the foundation of everything that we do. Yeah. So is there a favorite ayah, quote, or hadith that you will live by? Yes, yeah. Um, so there's, I, I know we say, we say it so much, but I don't think it ever becomes less impactful. You know, when people see things, they become desensitized or they hear things over and over, they become desensitized. This thing never ceases to, to recenter me whenever I'm feeling like something's against me or that I didn't get what I want, what, what I, what I deserved or something like that. Um, that where, you know, if the ummah, the, there's this ayah or the hadith, um, if the ummah itself were to come together to try to benefit you with something, that they would never be able to benefit you with anything that Allah did not already write for you. And if they were to come together, and the hadith says the ummah, and that, that's a huge word, that's not just a, a few people. If, if even the whole ummah had come together to try to harm you with something, that you would never be able to be harmed by that thing, except if Allah had already willed it for you. And then it says, that the pens have been lifted and the pages have already dried. So it really helps you. I mean, when we, when we started talking here today, we talked about uh, Fund Her Future, which Fund Her Future is actually, um, uh, it's a program to help particularly divorced and widowed women to go and pursue their education interest-free. And it's particularly those um, those 
communities of women because they're the women who oftentimes get uh, forgotten. Um, people don't want to marry a divorced woman or people see widowed women as broken or, or whatever it is. And these sad tropes that we put around women who have gone through things, um, it, it causes these women to be going through cycles of poverty, cycles of trauma, cycles of stress that might actually be another barrier to them succeeding in life uh, besides the affording school. Um, and, and so we created this program particularly to aid not only just women who are already historically uh, excluded populations, but also within women who are the women who need it the most. Um, divorced and widowed women. And so um, it seems as if there's things piled up against these women. And, and as Black women, sometimes it feels as if things are piled up against us. And it seems as if because we're, we wear hijab, things are again, I, I mean, so many things are, are layered into our experience. But if the whole ummah had come together to say that they were going to harm you with something, you would never be able to be touched by that thing unless Allah had already decreed it for you. And if Allah decrees something for you, who says that that's a, that's a bad thing? Who says that that's not a, a test for you? Who says that that's not something that you can earn ajr from? That, you could, that could be your key to Jannah. And so it really helps to frame these discussions around um, like a mercy from Allah, because there's nothing that could, that could either benefit or harm us, except what Allah has already decreed. And and that and that the the, page, the pages have dried and the pens have been lifted. It's comforting to me. It's comforting because it really helps you to like rely on yourself. That motivation, that ambition, it has to come between you and Allah. And and if there's something that you need, you seek it, you seek it from Allah. And if you need refuge from something, you also seek refuge from 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 harm from Allah Himself. And so, um, with me, for example, not going into medical school. Um, it was something that was, I always say it was bittersweet and bittersweet is always like, you know, between a rock and a hard place where it's kind of like, you know, that this is something that you prayed that Allah would, would, for me, I prayed istikhara like it was a sixth salah. I, I always say that I prayed istikhara like it was a sixth salah because I wanted what Allah wanted for me. I didn't want what my nafs wanted. I didn't want it because, you know, I would have this big check, you know, if I was a doctor or I would have so much, you know, prestige if I was a doctor. I wanted what Allah wanted from me, for me, period. And so when I came to the point where I could not go to medical school via a halal means, I gave up medical school. And, and I feel like by giving up medical school, it was symbolic of the dunya. And what Allah wanted from me was something different, something better. And so he replaced it with what was better. And so I didn't see it as, as, as the world piling up on me, you know, I, 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 I reached out for resources. I took a year off in order to find different resources in the Muslim community. And I got one door shut in my face after the next. And I did not crumble over that. I said, this is how Allah is enacting his decree on me at this moment. It is that I am not going to be going to medical school. And that's it. And I closed that door. And who knew that eight years later, I would actually be helping women, Black Muslim women, educational justice program, women's empowerment program, women who are just like me to not have to go through that again. So that that, <laughs> that hadith of the, the world piling up on you, but it would never be able to harm you, or the world trying to benefit you with something. Here's medical school. Here's luxury life. Here's 
here's like whatever, you know, medicine could bring to you. That's that could also be a benefit. But that was not that was not a benefit that I was supposed to live in my lifetime. So um, it's very centering. It's very centering to believe fully that tawakkul is on Allah only and that that we have to fall in line with what Allah's decree is for us. Mashallah, mashallah. Listen, you know, I'm tearing up, uh, you know, here, you know, you talked about, you know, giving up, you know, the dunya, you know, uh, for the um, akhirah and, you know, the hadith. Yes, it doesn't get old, you know, subhanAllah, you know, I know what it was like for me coming back to Islam and, you know, not necessarily, I wasn't necessarily earning from halal means, you know, I worked in the banking industry. Mm. So that's a riba coming from the right, the left, up, down. And, you know, it was a hard decision to say, you know what, I'm going to give out, give, give up, you know, the house and the white picket fence and the cars and the garage and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff for um, a life that was more fulfilling. Yeah. And I don't regret a single uh, decision that I made, you know, um, at that time. You know, my money is free and clear. My money's all out. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so that's Alhamdulillah, you know, and I don't have to think, uh, you know, uh, twice um, about it. So, you know. Uh, this is the Bossy Jabbypreneur podcast. So please, um, what does it mean to you um, to be a Bossy Jabbypreneur? Well, being a Bossy Jabbypreneur, it, it's a very empowering um, title. Um, to me, it it means that you're unapologetic about your um, your identity, especially the hijabi part, because the hijab is what really identifies us as publicly as Muslim Muslim women. And the boss part is strength. Um, it's again empowering. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, we we're fighting against again, again, tropes and stereotypes that would have us seem like as if we're oppressed or that we are subdued in in a way that, you know, that is not un, is uncharacteristic of ourselves, which means, you know, we would rather be doing some things in life, but the hijab is holding us back and and, and dampening us. And so being a boss hijabi is that you are stepping up, wearing that hijab, um, being unapologetic about who you are, um, and, and being showing up in every room and sitting at any table that you would like to, and using your voice. Um, that's what I'm that's what the boss hijabi part. And then the preneur, I know that's a part part of that is entrepreneur. And for some people, you know, it it's it's going to be that you start your your own business, um, but for others that that are not necessarily entrepreneurs starting their own business, it's really about your individuality. Um, because when you're starting your your a business, you're always trying to fill a need or a niche that is not already there. You're trying to add some level of individuality, even if you are creating candles and there's a million candles in the world. What is it about your candle that actually shines differently, or smells differently, or looks differently than anybody else's candle? And so with all three of those things together, I feel like it's about being um, unapologetic, empowered, unique, um, valuing your voice and who you are in the world, um, and doing that in your hijab as well. Um, and for those women who are hijabi, we know that that is a layer on top of all of the experiences that can actually add complexities. You know, People know who you are before you even open your mouth. Um, or they think they might know who you are before you open your mouth. So there's judgments, but then there's also a level of, well, this woman shows up with Islam, uh, um, you know, out the gate. And so um, 
I think with this with this term boss hijabi preneur, I think that it is it is something that is very inspirational. Um, it can help women to kind of get out of their out of their shells or feel as if they have something to contribute to the world because they're showing up as Muslims and we are some of the most empowered women in the world, contrary to some public opinion. And um, and yeah, yeah, I, that's what I think it, it's all about. And if I may add, the most educated. So that's also a statistic yeah. that people don't know. Um, mm -hmm. that we are the most educated. So both, uh, you know, African-American or Black, most educated, and then add the layer of being Muslim, also the most um, educated. And, you know, just for people, um, in case you didn't know, this podcast name actually started out as Boss Muslimapreneur. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, I wanted to bring the Muslimness, uh, you know, to the table. But then I thought about, but that's out there already. What's what what I wanted to be different and I wanted what I wanted to celebrate for those who choose to visibly um, show up as Muslim. It's not to take away from those who don't, um, but it's to kind of uh, uh, change the narrative and to celebrate those who do because it's it doesn't happen. Um, you know, as soon as like you said, you know, when when one of us walks in a room, there's a negative connotation, um, you know, almost from the beginning. And so what I wanted with this podcast was to change that. And what I wanted was for you to be able to vis visibly see a woman and hear her and hear what she's um, about and then to be able to um, make a decision from there instead of, you know, you know, just saying, oh, well, that's why she looks like this is what she thinks yeah. about. So. I want to say Jazakallah Khair for um, yes. being here uh, today, Hakima. You gave us a wealth of information and, you know, just may Allah grant you profit. And, you know, I, I bring women here, one, uh, to give them a platform, another platform for them to uh, showcase what it is that they do, and also to celebrate you, to genuinely celebrate you and the work that you are doing. And I pray that I have done that um, today, um, inshallah. And so again, Tufik, um, Amin. I'm going to read this um, now. So I'm going to read uh, my inspirational uh, quote of the week, and then we're going to head on out of here, inshallah. Okay. So my inspirational quote of the week, why education? Seeking knowledge is a duty upon every Muslim and Muslima. And this is from the Sunnan of Ibn Majah. The path to paradise is ease. The act of seeking knowledge through the proper means by itself is a virtue. It entails many rewards for the seeker. In other words, one does not have to be an accomplished scholar to attain its reward, but by sincere effort to learn. In a hadith, the Prophet said, whoever takes a path in search of knowledge Allah will cause him to walk in one of the paths to paradise. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the angels will lower their wings in great pleasure with the one who seeks knowledge. And that is from the Sunan of Abi Daud. So Jazakallah khair for being here. Listen. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so amazing. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. As always, may Allah continue to bless you in your work. Ameen. Inshallah, I'll chat with you all next week for episode 66. We'll be, we'll be talking about how to get unstuck and achieve your goals and dreams. Jazakallah khair for being here. Peace. Assalamu alaikum.
This has been another spectacular episode of Boss Hijabipreneur, brought to you by BUNHD LLC and the Not Without My Hijab stage play. To find out more about services for women of faith and business and the next city up on the tour, visit www.bunhd.com. It is our hope here at BUNHD that after each episode, you will be empowered to have a deeper connection in your spirituality, personal, and business relationships. As women of faith, we have a responsibility to learn our religion, apply it to our daily lives, and to make a positive contribution in our local and global communities.